Hey, Wes. Hey, what's up? How do you make bread? <laughs> a little bit of this and a little bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> and a 375 degree oven. <laughs> okay. Are we talking are we, uh, are we talking sugar or flour or wheat? De- definitely sugar, flour, but uh, wait, you know, especially if you do uh, the gluten-free bread, uh, you need some specialty flour. So you kind of need some, uh, you need some teff, which is an African grain. Uh, you need some millet. <laughs> an African <laughs> grain. Oh, good. I have all of these ingredients at my yeah. house already. Let me go spend $47 to get That's the right. ingredients to make well, a loaf of bread. Let me just head my backyard right. and get my teft. That's right. That's right. Before I lose you all, right? So, yeah, so definitely a mixture of uh, several different uh, gluten-free grains, some tapioca flour, uh, and then, uh, you know, some yeast, sugar, salt, uh, a little bit of egg, you know. Water. And a spoonful of gluten. And a spoonful. <laughs> <laughs> if that's your preference. <laughs> so you like fold it over and like, how do you, you yeah. need it or something? So you is that what the, you do? The knead good dough? thing about this recipe is you don't have to knead it. So what? It, it needn't oh, need kneading. <laughs> no knead <Wow>. bread. <laughs> no <need> bread. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow, so, man. If you don't know this, Wes is a, a bread baking extraordinaire. Uh, what's that one? What's that one baker that makes bread? Tyler, uh, help us out. I, I need a little more. That one. That's the bread maker. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Wes. <laughs> uh, Wonder, Mr. Wonder. <laughs> yeah, John Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> Weekly Hope, y'all. <laughs> Welcome everybody to Weekly Hope. We've got our good friend Wes Chambers here joining us today and talking through some of our sermon, but also just uh, highlighting some of the neat things happening at Hope Church. And, and we love Wes and so grateful to have you here with us, man, as you serve our church in so many different uh, great, great capacities. So, man, welcome. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Yeah. Hey, uh, man, I just thought I'd kick it off. What what is exciting you most about Hope Church or worship team or just how your family's plugged in uh, over the past few months? Yeah, so, you know, it's the relationships that we're building with people and um, just uh, getting to know people better and better each week. Uh, it's so neat to see new faces. It's, it's neat to see friendly, re- you know, faces that we, we know. Um, and it's just kind of doing life together. I, you know, I, I look back at various stages in my life, and I'm just thinking about the challenges that we faced and just doing it with uh, one another, and that, that's the encouraging part that we've seen. And, you know, obviously, um, just so many wonderful people that, uh, that love us and that we love, so that's, that's a big, big plus for us. Yeah, man, and you have done such an incredible job helping us on the worship team uh, and, and plugging in, playing keys, and just providing leadership to a lot of our instrumentalists and others. And uh, man, I'm just grateful for you. And it's so exciting to see what God is doing in and through our worship team as well, man. Uh, so, man, anything exciting happening on that front, or what's encouraging you most about that? I know we've got Jordan, obviously, who's our worship pastor, but he's been out a couple weeks with a new baby. And uh, man, it's been so cool to see how our, our worship team has rallied around them, but also stepped up to to lead our church as we, um, you know, come to come to the throne and worship on Sunday mornings. Yeah, so I think one of the biggest uh, exciting fronts for us, <clears throat> and it may not be as evident to everyone, 
But we're trying to continue to build depth and get, get experience to more and more musicians and vocalists. And uh, part of that requires a lot of organizing, right? And so we've, um, I've, I've been part of several others that are working behind the scenes to, to do a lot more organizing and kind of some mentoring and coaching. And uh, so that's, that's some of the aspects. What we, one of the goals we have for year two is just to continue to develop skilled musicians that are not just plugging in and jumping in, but are truly serving and, and their heart is in that right spot of serving and, and, uh, and honoring the Lord. So that's just a, that's one of our goals that we have. And um, I definitely see us having some success and, and getting some more folks uh, plugged in. So Yeah. I think it's so encouraging because like every Sunday... Uh, it feels like there's like a different group of people who are up on stage playing together or some form of different dynamic of people. And that's just, it's rare to see in any church, let alone a church that's still getting started in our fundamentals, you know, together. Absolutely. No, it's true. And so we want to find that balance of where we're not too, uh, you know, too inexperienced in a sense, but also where we have a good good balance of the folks that are maybe a little bit newer to the scene and to the Hope Church uh, scene and worship scene but also uh, just getting plugged in and kind of getting, finding the right grooves and uh, pockets, as we call it, uh, in the music world. So, yeah, we're just excited. God's truly blessed us with, with a rich amount of talent and people that just love one another. And that's just so encouraging. So I, I just can't say enough about um, all the wonderful folks that are uh, in the worship team specifically, since that's uh, in my sphere. Yeah, I learned a new worship term today, pockets. That's a worship, worship term, I guess. That's right. That's right. I think my biggest question is, how far are we from having steel drums on a Sunday morning? That's a good question. Yeah, big question. Well, I mean, I know a guy named Taylor, right? And, uh, <laughs> I'm still waiting on Taylor. I, listen, listen. A dream Sunday we, after steel drums up there. We'll, we'll, maybe we'll pull it for like some sort of uh, after church event, right? Okay. We'll pull out the steel yeah. drums and I'll, I'll pull out the, the keyboard and then... Uh, We'll do some fun music, right? Yeah. Uh, Chris, you can preach in one of your Hawaiian shirts. And <laughs> oh, it would be great. It would be so great. Sandals I, and everything, I, right? I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be an awesome Sunday. Uh, well, yesterday we were in John chapter 4. We're just tracking through uh, the Gospel of John together. And uh, one of my dear friends, Jason Phillips, uh, he and his wife, Jeannie, are members of our church and, um, and just such a great communicator and, and uh, even better friend and uh, he works with a missions agency called ABWE, and uh, I think I got that right, but uh, they, they do missions all across the world and training pastors uh, all over the world. And so he came and brought the word from John chapter 4, and this pretty famous story of uh, the Samaritan woman that encounters Jesus at the well, uh, you know, obviously out there at noontime, which was not a popular time. Uh, I don't know when you go get your well water, Tyler, but... Uh, the crack of dawn. <laughs> right and early. Yeah. You and me both. But uh, yeah, she's out there high noon and um, and not around a lot of people, kind of, you know, this outcast. And I mean, I just, I love, love to see the intentionality of Jesus to go out of his way um, to go and encounter uh, a, a woman who, you know, in those days would not have been something that uh, many teachers or rabbis would would do, uh, and you see how shocked the disciples are and, um, and how Jesus uses that as a, really a lesson to, to challenge them to see people and to live life on mission. And so uh, he had three scenes uh, kind of in this, in this passage, which was about 46 verses long. It was a very long passage, uh, but the first scene was the scene of revelation, 
And then the second scene was realization. And the final scene was investigation. And so I just want to kick it over to you guys, uh, Wes or Tyler, and uh, anything that just particularly stood out to you from the sermon yesterday, anything you learned or um, you know, that, that you, you feel like really means something to you in this passage or the way that the Lord has used it in your life? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed just the, the presentation of the three scenes yeah. because um, <clears throat> I think we know this story. A lot of us know this story, and I think we key in on certain aspects of it. But <clears throat> when, you, when you kind of break it down to three scenes, um, I think it helps to uh, just show the sequence and process of things and how Jesus encountered. One of the things that, that, uh, that was mentioned, which was, I think, so uh, important, um, is that really the religious leaders never engage with outcasts, yeah. especially out in public, right? Yeah. And so when Jason said that, it kind of caught, caught my attention because, um, you know, it's like, well, what is an outcast? Mm. And, and I think if we can think in today's society, different types of outcasts, um, you know, what those are, um, probably each society has their own variety and version of that. But, you know, just to realize in the, the humility uh, of Jesus to come and, and, uh, and interact and engage um, with this outcast, uh, specifically out in public, he actually mm. did that. He kind of went against the, the norm. Yeah, absolutely. Tyler, anything for you, man? Yeah, um, I, I think one of the things that I had never truthfully thought a whole lot about was this parallel between her story and, and the story of Nicodemus that mm. we had just um, listened to. I think like even even knowing that Nicodemus' story was the first time that we hear the language born again being used um, was interesting. And to see that parallel with this idea of living water and what God provides as the living water flowing um, and remaining pure and clean and providing life, like there's such a, a parallel there, um, particularly in how we view baptism and how we um, interact with baptism. And so I don't know. I thought that like connected a lot of dots of, of Jesus speaking to like one of the highest respected kings all the way to the lowest and yeah. still using this cohesive language of um, born again and him being the living water that provides that and everything. Yeah. Yeah, that was, it was fascinating to see that, you know, juxtaposition between Jesus like does care about like the wealthy and the religious leaders and like the well-educated but then immediately afterwards, like, also turns his attention to focus on, like, the outcast and those who are, you know, not as wealthy and uh, in society, not as well-respected or, or high off. And, you know, and he, he's intentional with both. And I think that's just such a great way to see even what Jason said. That, like, Jesus initiates the conversations. And, like, in the gospel, Jesus always initiates the conversations with those who are spiritually interested. And he said in this, in this passage in the sermon, there's like really three things that we all need, which is living water, true worship, and missional living. We see how Jesus encounters this woman, you know, and she deflects and talks about other things and, and all that stuff, but ultimately brings it back to her like personal need for the gospel. And that's the, the main focus of the first two scenes. Uh, and that she comes to realize Jesus as her savior and like, confesses that he is a Christ and, and uh, you know, and, re and repents that, like, she's found the Messiah and then goes and lives on mission. I thought one of the things that stuck, stuck out to me from this passage so much was uh, how he highlighted that the disciples had been in town with these exact same people and, like, had never shared. Like, they had the truth of the Messiah. They'd been walking with him for years, and they, like, 
are just in there buying bread and then piecing out to come feed Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and you have this woman who is like passionate and excited and willing to go share with everyone. And that was a good challenge for me of like just that call to live on mission. I think it can be so easy in our day-to-day lives to, you know, to go buy our bread. <laughs> like we're out in the marketplace, we're out at the store, we're out on the sports team and we're doing our thing. And we have the hope of like the savior of the world. And like we're most oftentimes I know in my life, like I'm, I'm more concerned about, well, what am I going to eat today? Or what do I have to get done or meetings that I have to have? Um, and I, I love when you see like somebody's life who is transformed by the gospel, um, who's passionately excited to share others, like how their life has been changed. And I thought he made that point that our testimony is not the gospel. Our testimony is important, but ultimately like, she brought people back to Jesus. She didn't go like, just tell her testimony. Like she brought people back to Jesus to hear the gospel and to be saved. And uh, I thought that was just a great reminder for us is like we ultimately got to get people back to the gospel because it's only Jesus who can save. So those are a few things that that stood out to me. I mean, anything else from the sermon that you guys want to share? Any other questions you have from John chapter four? Uh, We'll kick it over to you. And, And I thought it was such a great, great passage and obviously one that I think for our people is a great reminder, not only of what Jesus can do, but of, you know, our challenge to live on mission. You know, one, one other thing I just was, was thinking about, but in many of the other miracles that Jesus did, right? A lot of times, for instance, the layman, right? Who go and send no more different, different ones who would say, go and send no more, right? He would send them out. He didn't send her out. Like she went, like you said, she started living mission immediately. Yeah. Not because he told her and sent her, like she was just so transformed and she couldn't contain it. Yeah. Right. And there, there's a big difference. It's not that the others that Jesus healed in the other stories were not transformed, but there's a certain part of like if someone sends you to go do something, and then she was just, uh, she she was she she couldn't contain it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I I think that going and and living it out is so magnificent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, this weekend we, we had a student retreat, and so we were talking about the ideas of how to share the gospel. And one of those, those big stressors is like that there's this idea that you have to learn more or you have to prepare more and be ready for like the chance to share the gospel and that there's all this learning and preparing and practicing that has to come. And so to go into Sunday morning and hear a story like this where uh, her immediate reaction is she gets receives the living water from Jesus and goes out and shares it. Yeah. There was no six months of training or times in classes or any of those kind of things that came before. She was like, I have to tell these people. Yeah. And I think that's like, I mean, that's, that's gold. I mean, that's what we need Amazing. to be doing. Yeah. And that's what he, you know, he ended with, you know, his sermon title was encountering God's agenda. And, you know, ultimately at the end, how do we encounter God's agenda? Well, he gave us three things. One was sharing the living water with others. Worshiping God in spirit and truth, and then living missionally for God's glory. And uh, man, I think it's a great way to wrap this podcast up and to be reminded uh, uh, of what God's called us to do as His followers, uh, whose lives have been changed by Him. Whether we're the religious elite, uh, religious leaders, or whether we're what others would consider to be outcasts of society, uh, man, we all have the same agenda, and He's called us to the same mission. Uh, so uh, I, I love that and encouraged uh, by Jason's word for us and excited for this coming Sunday as we talk about how Jesus heals uh, another religious leader or another wealthy man's son, not religious leader, but another wealthy man's son in the end of John chapter four. So it'll be a, a fun Sunday as well. 
Uh, coming up, just a few quick announcements. This Sunday, we have Explore, which is just a great way to get connected to our church and find out more information. Uh, it meets at 8.30 a.m., 8.30 to 9.30. Breakfast will be provided. And just a great way to come and hear about our mission, vision, and values. And then uh, on the 23rd, we're going to have our first ever family dedication service, which is a great way uh, for us to come to pray over families with kiddos and to encourage them as a church um, that, that we're coming alongside to support, to help, and, uh, and, and to help families raise their kiddos to love and follow Jesus. And so it'll be a fun Sunday uh, with a lot of our families who have kiddos uh, for us to come alongside them as a church together. So uh, you can RSVP for that. Sign up for it on our website, hopechurchjc.com slash events. Those are a couple of the main things coming up. And uh, we can't wait to see you this Sunday, 10 a.m. Uh, you can find out more information on our website, hopechurchjc.com. <laughs>